It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. Eric, in the last life lesson, we were talking about the God of provision. God is Jehovah Jireh. He sees beforehand and he makes provision. We almost want to continue that concept and talk about the fact that God loves puddles. <laughs> Could you unpack just that idea yeah. of just the endless aquifer and give us an illustration? Yeah, the puddle principle is a term that is sort of matured in our Ellerslie understanding. We have to I have to translate it for everyone else, but uh, it makes total sense to us. Uh, it, it all stems from a, a story a long time ago uh, where I was short on money uh, in this story, because I have a lot of stories that are like that. And uh, I remember... Uh, Leslie's car and my car, I think, were both like the tires were bald. And I had someone in my life like, yeah, you should really get those changed. And it's like, I agree I should get those changed. But the problem is I don't have money for it because, you know, I need my money to pay the main bills. And I guess those tires are going to just have to make it a little longer. And so I was getting ready to mow my lawn. I still remember bending over to that... uh, one pull cord, uh, and I was going to pull it, and I saw Leslie's tire. It was just sort of sitting in front of me, and I had that prick, you know, where it's just like, what kind of husband are you? <laughs> if you really love your wife, you need to make sure these tires are good. I mean, she that tire could blow out. It's not a safe vehicle. And so I, I began having this sort of discussion with God. I don't think he was you know, yelling at me. I'm just saying there was a little reproof going on there. Sort of like, Eric, are you willing to uh, make this a priority? It's like, well, God, I I would love to, uh, but I don't have the money for it. You know, I, let's imagine that I had $1,000 in my bank account, okay? Well, but what if my mortgage payment was going to be 995 okay? So, and that's coming up in, say, five, six days. So I, and then, so I felt like God, asked me a question. So you're saying you don't have the money to buy the tires and the tires, let's say they're uh, 500. Okay. Oh boy. Spending money on tires is one of the hardest ways to spend money on rubber. Uh, But so it's like, well, God, I have the money, but it's already allocated. I need that for my mortgage coming up. And then God sort of says something like this. It's like, so you're saying you have the money. Well, Well, I have it. I just need it to spend on something else. But would you trust me that if you spend it on this, that I can supply for your next need? Now, anyone listening to this can understand the tension in that. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I mean, what if I, what if I spend the money on tires and then don't have the money for my mortgage? Now we have problems. And that is an issue that God was needing to address in my life. That do I trust him if especially as he's leading me forward to take a first need in my life and begin to address it with the resource that he supplied me, trusting that he can supply more resource. Ah, that's a scary thing. That's what we call the aquifer principle. You see, on the surface of my life, I have a little puddle, a puddle of resource. You know, water, you can splash around in it, but it's not very deep, right? And that's about what I need to pay my mortgage, right? And so if I give up that water, then it's going to be an empty puddle. It's not even going to be a puddle. It'll just be some, you know, dirt. Uh, and that was the testimony. It's like, Eric, would you take this and spend it on the tires in faith? 
knowing that I can supply. I have an endless aquifer that is feeding into this puddle. And if you take what you need for your first priority, then I can supply for your next one. Oh boy, that was, I mean, it's a life lesson. There's a reason why it's in this series. It was a life lesson for me to actually trust God and get those tires and to take care of my wife, make sure she was safe and then risk everything. You know, how are we going to pay our mortgage? And guess what? I don't know. The, I don't remember the story, but sure enough, the money comes in, you know, that extra money. Have you ever had it where extra money comes in? You're like, oh God, I just want to stow this away <laughs> in a barn, you know, but he always, and then he's like, yeah, so we could use that extra money over here. Like, why do I have extra needs, extra financial expenditures right when I get extra money? He goes, because I love you. I gave you the extra money so that you could take care of the extra expenditure. And that's like the classic developmental season of the Christian life is when we go through that exercise. Which really goes back to what we were talking about last time, that that actually is a picture of God's provision. I remember this whole, I think it was the 10 years of my life where I was working for a ministry and I was getting, I was not making, it's ministry, so you never make a lot of money in ministry, <clears throat> but I never had enough money for taxes. And so at the end of the year, my tax would come due and I, I wasn't paying it all throughout the year because there was no money for taxes and they wouldn't take it out. Uh, and I just remember every year just going, Lord, I, I spend every penny just eking by. Now I have like a month's worth of income. I have to pay, uh, joyously pay the, the government. <laughs> and I just remember going, I don't, I don't, I never had it. And yet you see God provide. Yeah. And we have so many stories like yeah. this at Ellerslie where month after month after month, you just see, it's like, Lord, uh, we've, we've done our best to be good stewards of your resource. And yet we don't, we don't have anything. And yet you see that that puddle fill up and it's, it's amazing to realize God is so good. And if, if I'm willing to risk and trust, he will supply. Uh, I love, if you just go through Christian history, some of our favorite characters, this is how they lived all the time. And I, I genuinely do not know how, <laughs> it's like the stories, the few that I have, I'm like, oh, those are hard. But you know, when you look at like a Hudson Taylor or a brother, Andrew, Reese Howell, CT Studd, Amy Carmichael, George Mueller, Mueller, I mean, uh, you know, William Booth, you, you start working through these characters and you're like, that's just how they lived, yeah. that they just trusted that. Okay. If, if the Lord has an opportunity for me to give, I will give. Even if that means I need that money in an hour yeah. and there's these great stories oh. where it's just like, okay, I have it, but there's a first need. I'll, I'll give the money knowing that somehow in the next hour, the Lord will have to supply. And how yet, fast can puddles fill back up? <laughs> <laughs> and yet these epic stories come out. We're just like, okay, we, we can trust God, but it's so much harder yeah. in our, in our personal life. Yeah. Uh, will you talk even just from a father perspective, mm -hmm. like, We've been talking about money, yeah. but this this applies in every area of life. Every resource yes. we have. And one of the, the key ones that I remember having to put this to practice in, because right at the same time, he's teaching me this. And I think I was unpacking it at Ellerslie at the time. So I'm like rehearsing it. And this is early Ellerslie. I had all these young kids. You know, my oldest was five. I had at one point in time, I had six, I think six and under. Uh, when Reese and Lily were still in Haiti. So I don't know that I ever had them home at that time, but that's, you know, that's a pretty extreme season of life. So I had a lot of young kids. And a lot of energy then. And I mean, I'm, I, right about the time I was starting to feel a little older, uh, I think, beginnings of Ellerslie, I had a lot of uh, challenge. And I, I could be here at, you know, working on the campus and come home. And it's been a really hard day. I mean, I've had a lot of battle. And there's a part of you as a, a daddish character, you know, when you get the daddishness going, that just sort of wants to sit down in a chair and go, oh, you know, could... Could life get easy just for a few minutes here? I don't want to think about anything. I don't want to have to you know, solve any problems. But you come home 
and your family needs you. And that's an equal assignment, if not a greater assignment, to this ministry thing I just got back from. And I remember the kids wanting to wrestle when I'd come in the door. Now, okay, let's say I had 100 degrees of energy when I started out the day. Well, I might be down to one or two in the tank. And so it's like, well, daddy, can we wrestle? That is, they sounded a lot cuter than that, right? But daddy, can we wrestle? And I'm, if I'm reasoning the same way I am with the balding tires, I'm going to say, no, daddy doesn't have the energy. And God might say, so Eric, are you saying you don't have any energy? Well, God, I have like one to two degrees of energy, but out of a hundred, that's not very many. So you're saying you have some energy. Well, I mean, if I spend it, I might die. <laughs> that's, that's like the classic guy thinking, I, I think, because we don't want to spend the last bit of our energy. I mean, we want to preserve the little we have. I remember deliberately making the choice to say, okay, God, I'm going to splurge every bit of energy I have, and I'm going to be available to my kids, trusting, just like I do with the finances, that you will supply. That as I give up the puddle, the water in my puddle, that you will supply. And sure enough, the next thing you know, I'm laughing in the other room and I have energy. I don't know where, how else to explain where it comes from, but it's supernatural. And every area of our life, every resource dimension of our life where we say, Lord, this belongs to you. Lord, here you go. That's his stage to work on. I, I love this concept. I, I, I learned it in the early years with one of my mentors who I was, I was interning and we were going through crazy rough days. And it was amazing how they reminded us at the very beginning, just saying, look, there are going to come points where you're going to be at the end of your rope. You can't take another step forward. Uh, you've got all this ministry ahead of you. You'll look at your watch and it'll say 10 AM, you know, and you don't think you can do it. And yet if you would just turn your gaze upon heaven, if you would put your trust in the Lord, your God and actually depend on him, he will supply that which you need. And it is amazing to recognize that this is true in every arena of life. Yep. That, that, that this is the gospel, that, that I'm going to give up what little I have, yeah. or you know, as you would say, lowercase l life, yeah. and, and actually in exchange get the fullness of yeah. life itself, Jesus. Yeah. And, and there's an amazing concept of, would I be willing to risk the, the little? And again, we, I think especially in the culture in which we live, if we have a little, we want to guard and protect because yeah. that's all I have left. Yeah. And yet God is constantly saying, yep, I, I can take that, use that, and actually give you infinitely more mm -hmm. than you could ever hope or imagine. And there's this beautiful concept. Even just in closing, could you talk about Elijah and the widow yeah. and just give some final thoughts? It of is a great picture of it. Uh, so Elijah has been living by the brook, fed by ravens. You know, he has a pretty good deal, you know, in the whole setup. That sounds but, gross, though, in my yeah. head. <laughs> I know, I guess, this good deal. I guess I'm that's like, true. I don't yeah. think that's a good deal. But yes. <laughs> but compared to the other he is, prophets, he is surviving. doing well. Yeah. And so then his brook dries up and, you know, it's God's moving him on. And that's a tough, tough thing. And uh, he calls him <laughs> to a widow. That's who's going to supply for him. That's who God has commanded to supply for Elijah is a widow woman. And who you has just, nothing. Who has nothing. You can just imagine Elijah thinking, God, we should think this through a little better. But this is a really awkward moment in, in uh, the Old Testament. When Elijah comes to the widow's house and the widow at this moment is with her little bit of uh, flour that she has left and her little bit of oil is going to make a cake for her and her, her son and they're going to just eat it and die. And then this prophet shows up and he asks to be fed. And she's like, well, all I have left is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. We were just about to bake a cake and then die. He's like, yeah, feed me first. Now listen to this. This is incredible. Feed me first 
and your flour and your oil will never run out. And that's Jesus coming to us. He shows up at our little shanty and we don't have anything. Oh, we have something. Okay, I have a little flour and a little oil. Okay, I have something. Okay, feed me with that first and then it will never run out. And that's the, the aquifer right there. That's God's way. He is so good at this thing known as giving us supply. We just need to allow him to do it. Now, I get the human side of this is very uncomfortable with this truth. We would rather know it intellectually and not practically. And yet, those of us that have tasted this, we would say, oh, this is the heights of heaven being tasted on earth when we encounter this reality in our life. That's so good. Well, I really just want to transition really quick. This week, we've launched Ellerslie Online. And I'm trying to figure out how I can tie into the puddle principle. Yeah, because I mean, it does seem like a rather jarring shift. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but I wanted to mention it because I think for a lot of people, they look at Ellerslie and they go, if only I could go to Ellerslie, but I don't have the resource. And I, and I, just as you were talking, I was like, actually, that is almost what we're trying to do with Ellerslie Online is we're saying, hey, we will give you everything we can offer you for a donation of any amount. Uh-huh. That it actually doesn't take very much resource but we actually want people to experience the richness of the life that we're talking about. That we don't mm-hmm. want to just encourage people and we go, yeah, try to live it. We actually want to provide practical tools to help people be equipped in this kind of a life. And so do you have any thoughts really quick, just in terms of Ellerslie Online, of why someone should consider signing up? It was really hard for us to build Ellerslie Online in the first place because we wanted people to come here. Yep. And, it was, and we still want people to you know, come No, here. we do. We do. We, we don't want to diminish that. And ironically, most people that go through Ellerslie Online, it doesn't satisfy totally in the sense that I don't now don't want to come. Now they want to come all the more because they recognize, oh, just imagine going through this around the body of Christ that all believes this, that is excited to hear this. Because many of us are surrounded by people that aren't as excited about Jesus as we are. And that's our life. That's what you and I have, have been around most of our life. And then Ellerslie is like a shock even to us. It's sort of like this gathering place of mighties where when you worship together, everyone means it. Like it's genuine. So Ellerslie Online is a incredible taste. It is a you know DoorDash version of of Ellerslie, and it still you know has some heat uh, still to it. It's powerful. It's changed a lot of lives, and uh, I would say even though it was really hard for us to do it, and we did it over the COVID summer. You remember that COVID summer? That was quite the experience. Even making Ellerslie online was a huge project because to take all of our training and consolidate it down into a video format and do it. We would have to have something like COVID happen for, to have the time to do it. So we have it now, and it is very, very powerful. I don't know if that answers the question of why someone should do it, because it's very, very powerful. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll put a link for this in the show notes, but if you're interested in just being equipped in your spiritual life and learning to practically live out the things, these life lessons that we're talking about, I think it could be a great resource and it's only available for a limited time. So check it out. We'd love to have you join us. Daily Thunder is a listener supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.